The Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Wick. Chapter 13. Barking up the right tree. When Fiona dropped Sean and I outside the school gate, we caught the last strains of the bell announcing the start of lunch. My spirits lifted a little. It hadn't been the easiest of mornings, but my luck was on the change. Now I wouldn't have to wait until after school to show Danny the photo I'd found of you and Dr Wilson. Now he could help me get to the bottom of all this madness. I checked out a couple of Danny's usual hangouts, the handball courts, the physics lab, but annoyingly there was no sign of him. The football oval was my next best option. I jogged across the quad and was just about to cut between the art and science buildings when Brian stepped out from under a weeping lily pilly. The Fisher twins were there too, sitting on a bench under the tree, holding a pair of paddle pops like a bucket of popcorn. Something was up. I was already sweating. The short run from the lettuce crisp freshness of Fiona's car to the edge of the quad was sending my paws into overdrive. The soles of my shoes were sticky from melting asphalt and my armpits were a pair of condensation tubes. Seeing Brian lying for me in wait, I broke into a fresh layer of perspiration. Had he seen me and Sean together? No, I'd been careful, waiting until Sean walked through the gate. I'd made sure there was a good half minute between us. There you are, Ginge. Where have you been all week? Brian's forehead scrunched into a frown. I hung back, studying his face, trying to work out what he knew already. Had he been the one at the message tree on Friday night? Was this a trap? After a few moments of silence, he said, I was waiting to hear from you on Saturday about the glitz. The glitz? My brain seized momentarily. I looked past Brian to Etta and Erica, trying to make sense of the whole interrogation scene. A measured crinkle formed on Etta's brow. What's going on with you guys? Did you two have a fight? The gleam in her eye was unmistakable. Hopeful. (sighs) The air in my lungs released. So that's what this is all about. Brian and me. I'd missed our movie date. He thought I was giving him the brush off. And now Etta was waiting in the wings, itching to pick up the pieces. Maybe Brian would do us all a favour and end it. A relieved giggle snuck out as I reached across and play-punched his bicep. Well, you could always call me, you know. His eyes widened. What? I had to stifle a laugh. Brian do the chasing? How outrageous of you, Ginger. Erica jumped in. Is everything all right with you? You just don't seem to be present lately. She was better at her twin at feigning concern, but I wasn't buying it. You're missing all the good stuff. Like this morning, Etty and I borrowed some paint from art class. Brian's got an idea for a new prank. It's the best one yet. I didn't have time for this. Lunch was ending soon and I had to get to Danny. 
There was only one thing I wanted to know from Brian. What did you get up to on Friday night? Friday? His face scrunched up. You know I do motocross Friday nights. We always go out Saturday. I studied him carefully, looking for something else. Something that might give away he was behind the message on the beach. That he doctored the fortune cookie. But there was nothing. Just precious indignation. Why didn't you call? He said. I forgot. Given the weekend's events, it was hardly surprising. But I couldn't tell him that. Forgot. Brian let the word hang in the air. Yeah, I suppose that's kind of funny. His eyes flickered with a strange intensity. Unease stirred in my belly. You want to hear something really funny? Meg Manchester said she saw you getting out of Bo Grady's car earlier. The air caught in my throat. Seemed I hadn't been careful enough. Did she? My eyes darted around the quadrangle. There she was, Meg, watching us oh so carefully from the library steps, pretending she was reading a book, The Little Sneak. Yeah, what's all that about? Thought you cared about yourself more than that. Something in Brian's tone wriggled under my skin. My muscles tensed, spoiling for a fight. Then I glanced across at Erica and Etta, watching on like tigers in the grass. I took a deep breath. Wouldn't trust anything you hear from that gossiping moron. I said it loudly, so Meg would overhear. There was an infinitesimal flinch. Good. Then I rose from the bench and walked away. Oh, Ginge, come on, Brian called after me. You're being too sensitive. I kept on walking, and before he or the twins could fire another round of questions, I scooted between the buildings and was free. I know what you must be thinking. These are my daughter's friends. Why is she even going out with that tool? Patience, dear dad. All will be revealed. I found Danny by the message tree, too engrossed in some sort of fact-finding mission to hear me coming. I stood on tiptoe and whispered in his ear. Catching up on the goss? Gah! Danny's shoulders leapt into the air. A piece of paper slipped from his hand and fluttered to the ground. He whirled round, trying to look fierce but coming off more cranky cub than disturbed bear. Jeez, G! Don't do that! I bit my lip, failing to hide my own amusement. Sorry, I forgot you were still rattled about the other night. I am not! Easy, tough guy. I knelt and picked up the paper he'd dropped. It was coated in a fine black film that was already smudging onto my fingers. Huh, what is this? Danny looked at my hands, shrugged, then held out his left hand. It too was filthy. Charcoal. I'm trying to get an imprint of the wording we found the other night. Oh. If you're getting sent random notes by a dead guy about your supposedly dead father's mysterious machine. Danny's the guy you want on your team. Clever. Danny grinned. I thought so. 
He juggled the paper against the tree while he awkwardly wielded the charcoal with the other. He had the brains, but unless he was soldering wires to a motherboard, Danny's hand-eye coordination was a bit hit and miss. Here, I said, taking the charcoal from him. You hold it steady and I'll do the rubbing. We worked quickly then. With any luck, we'd get what we needed. Trouble was, it was difficult to be discreet during lunchtime on a regular school day, let alone when you'd acquired some level of notoriety. Word of my skits out at the Golden Crab had gone viral, and I was on the watch list for best new drama. We were attracting some strange looks. Art project, Danny called out to the latest bunch of sticky beaks. He dialed up the enthusiasm. Texture studies. Do you think this is a good idea? I whispered between my teeth. People seem to be buying the art project story. No, I'm thinking about last Friday. What if someone's watching us? Even the thought was creepy. I peered into the fringe of trees, half expecting to see someone peering back. But there was just the light vibration of leaves from the wind, fingers of sunlight cutting through. Jeez, gee, Danny shrugged off a shiver. Can you give the someone's watching us talk a rest? I still haven't recovered from the other night. I shrugged. At least it's less scary in the daytime. Besides, you've clearly recovered enough to start poking around again. Well, I was just thinking, if the person who bumped off our Dr. Wilson is also the guy who scratched off the wording under the Ginger Jones's <coughs> under your name, he, or she, I qualified, or she, he agreed, he or she probably thinks they've removed all the evidence. We won't be getting any useful information out of Dr. Wilson anytime soon. Anyway, there's no way I'm coming out here in the dark again, he said with another shudder. Don't get chicken on me now, Danny boy. I said the words playfully, but I couldn't keep the nervous edge from my voice. I was ready to get away from there. I peeled the piece of paper from the tree and shook it out. We'd rubbed the paper so thin in places the sun was shining through. I think this is the best we're going to get. If we keep going, we'll end up shredding it. Danny squinted at the paper, trying to make out the detail. There's definitely something there, but it's hard to see in this harsh light. I'll put it under the magnifying glass when I get home. Sure, I said, taking a parting glance at the tree and feeling a sudden urge to scratch my name from the bark. Ha, huh, Ginger Jones is fatter. I still don't get it. Danny drew up his shoulders to shrug, then stopped midway. Hang on, he said, tracing his fingers over the carving. Take a look at this. He leaned in closer. The iron is doesn't look a thing like the one in Ginger, and it's too close to the S in Jones. I budged him aside to see for myself. You're right. I guess whoever did it was in a hurry. I think it's more than that. Take a good look at the tea and fatter. Once he pointed it out, I could see what Danny meant. There was a funny looking space between the T and the E. Also, at the foot of the T, the flesh of the tree was more exposed. It looked like the part we'd just taken the charcoal rubbing from, but someone had tried to conceal it with dirt. 
the scrubbed out bits blended in with the darker outer bark, so if Danny hadn't been paying attention, we would have missed it. Yeah, I see what you mean, but what's the story? I don't think it's meant to say, Ginger Jones is fatter, Danny said. He studied my face as though weighing up a decision before continuing. I'm almost certain it originally said, Ginger Jones's father. The air whooshed from my chest. When I finally spoke, I could only manage a whisper. What in the name of sweet and sour pork is going on? I ran my fingers over the words, just as Danny had a few minutes before, but they weren't giving away any secrets. Whatever the case, this was shaping up to be something bigger than a practical joke. If someone from school was trying to have a laugh on me, why would they carve in one message, scratch it out and replace it with another, especially one so lame? Had Dr Wilson been here? Had Dr Wilson died because of this? Dr Wilson. I remembered the clipping I'd pulled from the library computer. Wordlessly, I reached into my bag and handed it to Danny. He looked at it, looked at me, frowning. What is this? He studied the paper again. Is that your... I nodded, swallowing hard. I'm pretty sure. But I thought he... Wasn't your dad? Wasn't he a record producer? Yes, he was. At least that's the story I was told. Danny laid a hand on my shoulder. You okay? You look as though someone's knocked the wind out of you. Maybe someone has. I reached out and took the charcoal rubbing. But that's not going to stop me from working this out. Danny's eyes lit with an intensity I'd only seen on rare occasions. Usually when he was working on something in the lab and hadn't found the magic solution yet. I wasn't the only one dying to get some answers. Hopefully, it wouldn't come to that. <laughs> <laughs>